How we doing, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. I know it's been a little while since I have been in. A lot of crazy stuff going on in my life. But I know y'all don't want to hear about that shit. So let's get on into what I would like to call the business. And that business is what the hell does Jake Paul think? I shouldn't say what the hell. Why the hell? Does Jake Paul think he can beat Conor McGregor in a boxing match? It makes absolutely no sense. Did a little bit of research for this. I'm going to give you guys a little bit um information that uh, some casuals may not know. And most casuals don't think. And when I say most, I mean uh, all. all, Just all people who, who uh, have ever seen... A professional fighter before not even not even fight just seen one um could tell you they could they could they could tell you what I'm about to tell you right now all this information this this is just a couple of the ways that a uh, Conor McGregor would would beat up Jake Paul counter left hand well I went back and watched this fight against Nate Robinson that sounds that's a ridiculous thing for me to even be saying that I broke down Logan Paul's footage of him watching of him fighting Jake Robinson. And listen, before I tear into to Jake Paul, hats off to anybody who gets in the ring and boxes, okay? But if you want to get in the ring and box and have one amateur fight and you're 2 and 0 as a professional, uh one being a guy who I believe was 0 and 4 as a professional and um no, I'm completely lying to you. I'm thinking of somebody else. Um, a guy who was a Twitch streamer that you had beef with, that you made up so you could have an excuse to fight somebody that had absolutely no skill. And a five foot nine basketball player that had four months of boxing training. That being said, I respect anybody who gets in the ring no matter what in the cage gets in the ring you're still going out there and you're putting it you're putting your health and you're putting your safety on the line so i respect any one of those individuals i don't care how ridiculous of an event it is that being said he did a lot of things in that fight that were very amateur one of the why cuz he's basically an amateur boxer shocker i know it says professional next to his name but hey if I went out and fought one amateur fight right now, lost, don't matter. I can be like, hey, can I be a, be a professional now, fight at the professional level? Just got to pass some tests, make sure I'm healthy, and they'll be like, yeah, sure, man. Go for it. That's all you got to do, guys. It's not that hard. It's hard to fight, but it's not hard to be a professional. Uh, professional fighter and I don't I don't mean make a living off of it I mean have the word professional next to your name even in bowling you got to average at least 200 to be considered a professional bowler and you can go out and fight as long as you're you got someone to vouch for you and you pass all your medical exams anyway let's get into into it here um anyway like I was saying he does a lot of things that are amateurish and I explained to you why 
that is because he's basically an amateur boxer. Has only been boxing, had any sort of training for two years. I've had two years of training. I'm not. A, I'm not even an amateur fighter yet. But in both his fights that I've seen, he's leaning in every time he throw. Every time he goes to throw a punch. Other than when he's setting up that, you know, that simple jab where a jab crosses to find his range. Any any hook is almost like an overhand right. And um, what is the best example of Connor countering on someone throwing a little bit of an overzealous left and right hook? I don't know. I'll give you guys a minute to think of it. It's a little bit of a famous fight. It's a little bit of a crazy knockout. Uh, Jose Aldo got too emotional. Jumped in, head down, r right hand, left hook to follow. Got too, got too over, overextended too much. Jumped in, left his head exposed. Connor, bam, he does that. Connor does that better than anybody else in the sport. That fade, that fade left hook, that fade back left hook. He does that better than anybody else, and that is there all day if he's fighting Jake Paul. Another example when he fought Marcus Brimage. Brimage leaning into his punches a little bit. Head down. Too aggressive, just like Jake Paul. I don't know. Those are, those are just a couple of the reasons. That's the main reason. And and anybody that Connor has caught has done something similar to that. Not any everybody, but those two examples for sure. Uh, Dennis Seaver, a tough dude. Finished him with, with kicks, but, I mean, that's a different situation. Obviously, you can't throw kicks in a boxing match. I don't know. I don't even know why I'm talking about this. I just I just wanted to put it out there. There's there's no reason for those two to fight. Unless they give Connor five hundred million dollars. He has no he has absolutely no reason at all to take that fight. Um also, he Jake was like he's he's obviously he wants to fight Dylan Dennis. I'm not gonna even entertain that. No one's gonna watch that. They're only gonna watch it because it's Jake Paul. I'm not watching that. I don't want to see Dylan Dennis throw hands at all unless he's significantly improved the striking, which I don't think so. He's been out with a knee injury for the past nine months, ten months, however long it's been. I don't know if he's recovered from that yet. But um, he was like, yeah, I want some the fighters from some UFC fighters to come over to boxing and I'll box them in a, you know, in the ring in a boxing match. That could be a good idea. Okay, so I made a list of some MMA fighters here. Uh, so Jake Paul weighed in at 189 pounds. So let's be let's be generous here and give him maybe 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 some of these 170s 170 years would fight him. Um, and I made a list of some guys who would potentially do that. Who were like, hey, that's you know, I could probably make a lot of money doing that. I'd make more money than fighting in the UFC. You know, I've been fighting for a while. You know. Maybe I've had a couple losses, close to being cut. Maybe just guys that, you know, like a challenge, like to shut people up. Not all of them are like this, but you know, guys who I guys who I think would accept the fight if it was offered to them. Um, this guy not a UFC fighter, but uh, Michael Page fights at 170. Good luck, Jake. Have fun. Uh, another guy, Robbie Lawler, not ranked. Good payday, big name, aggressive guy. Good luck fighting that savage. Nate Diaz. Other than his jiu-jitsu, his style is completely boxing-based. He's been boxing since he was 14. 
Good luck, Jake. Matt Brown, the immortal. A man who died and came back to life. An absolute savage of a man. Good luck, bud. Uh, Mike Perry, also 170-er. Could fight higher, obviously. Mr. Weight likes to eat. Who doesn't? I do. Good luck putting him out. Dude hits hard. I seen him fight Paul Felder in person. It's a big fucking dude. Good luck, buddy. And then uh, let's be more realistic and look at the 185ers that he, he you know, making him a, a couple that have made a name for themselves and a couple that, you know, he might handpick. Eric Anders, your boy, Eric Anders. Went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Leota Machida in a fight I thought he won. Good luck, bud. Anderson Silva, no one wants to sign him. UFC cut him. Bellator says they're good. One championship's like, I'm all right there. All set. We're all set over here at one championship. Thank you. Thank you, Anderson. You're 45. You're, you're done. Anyway, Anderson Silva, that's something that could be on the table for him. And uh, if that fight gets pushed through, Anderson, I'm guessing, will not fight an exhibition. He's going to want to fight fight. And that's a scary, scary thing for that man, Jake Paul. Good luck, buddy. The 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 highlight machine, Joaquin Buckley. He's he's on the come up. He could he could use some uh, some press outside of the MMA realm. You know he could use some mainstream press. He'd probably take that fight. Why not? I saw him shadow boxing on the the embedded last month. Scary, terrifying, absolutely terrifying. No, thank you. Good luck, Jake. Um, another Bellator fighter, Gegard Mousasi. Just as an example, he, he definitely has no interest in that fight. But good luck with that. And then a man who's fighting Jacare this weekend, Kevin Holland. He's on the come up. He could probably use some mainstream attention as well. Good luck, buddy. We could even go lighter weight, guys. Want to fight Cody Garbrandt? He's small. You probably think you could beat him up. He's about Nate Robinson's size, right? Probably knock him out. Good luck. Have fun with that. Charles Oliveira, just for fun. Why not? He's a submission guy. Have fun fighting that savage. This is just this just shows you how ridiculous this guy is with who he thinks he can beat. I've, I'd even want to see him fight, you know, 7-0 pro. 5-0, like, pro-pro. Not Twitch streamer. Not a basketball player. Good luck. Good luck. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm not even going to mention the fact that Floyd Mayweather is fighting Logan Paul in an exhibition and the amount of money you can put on Floyd Mayweather. There is not a limit to that put all of your money on Floyd Mayweather as fast and as quickly as you possibly can do that. That's all I'm going to have to say about that. It's an exhibition. Nothing's going to happen. He's just going to piece him up with tiny shots and beat him up for five rounds. That's all that's going to happen. Anyway, big fights this weekend, guys. UFC 256. Now into some real news. UFC 256, I got the card breakdown for you, I'm ready to go, I got my coffee, it's 2 o'clock, it's 2.30 in the morning, 
Got jujitsu at six. I'm staying up all night, baby. Let's fucking do this. First fight we're going to talk about here, Billy Corntillo. You know me. I don't break down the whole fucking card. I don't break down just the main card. I break down the fights I think are going to be interesting. It's my show. I can do what I want. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, Billy Corntillo and Gavin Tucker Corntillo, 3-1 and one in the UFC. Uh, UFC Contender Series alum, two wins. Uh, of the two of those three wins are coming by finish, one submission, one knockout. Exciting guy, fun to watch, quick on his, on his hands, good takedown offense, uh, good wrestling base as well. His last uh, last one came in September versus Kyle Nelson. That was his one knockout in the UFC. Interesting guy to watch, um, very kind of quirky style, fun to, fun, fun to watch. Uh, I believe this fight's at 145. Uh, but Gavin Tucker, shout out Gavin Tucker. My man follows me on Instagram, even replied to one of my messages. So I will never bet against this man for as long as I live. I don't care if he's fighting Francis Ngannou. That's my boy right there. 3-1 in the UFC, coming off a third-round submission win versus Justin Janis back in August. The man looked fantastic. I don't know if you saw it, but took his back and just strangled him. Looked great. Uh, two of his three wins are... Um, of those three wins are coming by rear naked choke. So I, I'm going to expect Gavin to want to take this fight to the ground. He's been working on his stand-up a lot lately. He's been showing off the Instagram footage. Like I said, follows me on the IG. Looks great. Um, his hand speed's fantastic. Um, it's probably not a... He's Quarantillo, I'm going to say, is expecting him to take him to the ground. Uh, just from all of his um, successful you know, fights. Um that go to the ground, and especially in the UFC. I think he only he doesn't have as many submission wins as um knockout wins. Let me let me double check here for you. But um I'm sorry, I do this every time. Um what was I gonna say? I do this all the time. I always I always have things pulled up and I'm like, oh I'm not gonna need to look at that. It's no big deal. I'm just gonna see. There we go. Full fight card. Go down to Gavin Tucker. Where did he go? There you are, guy. But yeah, six submission wins, four knockout wins. But his his hands are looking a lot better. He hasn't finished anybody since on the feet since 2016. Not in the UFC. Um, also a guy who has never been finished. There's a lot of those guys on this card. So... You could be looking in situations like that. You could either be looking at no finishes, not very many, where lots of finishes where guys are being finished for the first time, kind of getting exposed to where the weaknesses are. Lots of really fun fights on this card. I am going to take in this fight Gavin Tucker via submission. Um, if not, I think he'll take him down and finish him with the hands. But I'm going to take Gavin Tucker via Submission, let's say, in the second round. We got the young kid, Ben Askren's son himself, Chase Hooper, will be fighting Peter Barrett. Hooper 1-1 in the UFC, coming off that really, really brutal submission loss to Alex Caceres um, in June at UFC 250. In my opinion, just too much too soon for the kid. I mean, I know you're in the UFC and you got... You got to be ready. You're always going to be fighting tough guys. There's no easy outs in the UFC, but 
man, if you want, if this is a kid that kid that you wanted to build up, just too much too early in my opinion. Got absolutely smashed by Caceres. Caceres, a guy who is more of a submission specialist, all, didn't even need to take it to the ground. Just beat him up on the feet the entire fight. Looked fantastic in that fight. Caceres hopefully fighting again soon. Always love to watch him. Um, nine one and one record over, overall. The man's only 21 years old. Younger than me. Fucking insane. Makes me feel real good about myself. <laughs> what am I doing? I fucking do a shitty podcast in an, a 7x7 seven seven bedroom at my house. This this dude's fighting in the UFC. Anyway, he's only been pro f- since 2017. Been pro since he was, what, 18 years old? Insane. Absolutely insane. I love I love Chase Hooper, though. Uh, anyone that... uh. Anyone that young in the UFC, it's always, it's always, they're always fun to watch. It's always interesting to see how they do. That being said, Barrett, Contender Series alum, so far is 0-1 in the UFC. Uh, seven of his 11 wins come by knockout or TKO, and I went and watched one of those, uh, you know, weird cards that he was on. I can't remember which one it was, but the dude can crack, and he's got that grown man strength. He's 34 years old, 13 years older than Chase Hooper. Absolute savage. Massachusetts born. Fights out of Boston. I mean, the dude is... I mean, if you go to Sherdog and looks at, look at his picture, the dude, the definition of the, of the man, his, his fucking name, his fight name is Slippery Pete. That's hilarious. But the de- he looks like the definition of a... Sa- like, if before the UFC started, and you'd see people on the street, now you look for their ears to see what they look like to see if they're a tough guy. But if you were on the street in like 1994 per UFC, you'd be like, oh, that guy's the guy that can fight. That's what he looks like. He looks like an absolute animal. And this fight is going to be interesting. Going to be interesting. Um, I am going to take Peter Barrett in this fight. I know people aren't going to like me for that, but I just think... The age difference is a lot. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I really hope Chase Hooper does well. But I think this is just the wrong matchup at the wrong time for Chase Hooper. Peter probably is like, you're fucking putting me up against a, a child because I'm 0-1. They think they're going to feed me to this young lion, and I'm going to lose, and they're going to cut me. Fuck no. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to take this from Chase Hooper. I think that's exactly what he's going to do, especially since the UFC, they're making a lot of cuts. They're looking to make a lot of big cuts. A lot of, I think they're going to cut out 40 fighters, something like that. Even Yoel Romero, I'm so sad. But I don't think Peter wants to be one of those statistics, and they can't cut you after you lose to Chase Hooper, after after you beat Chase Hooper. So I'm going to take Hooper, sorry, sorry, not Hooper, Peter Barrett by second-round TKO in this fight. I think he's going to come out like a screaming banshee. I'm sorry. If y'all hear that, I'm sorry. My cat is playing with her fucking mouse, and she won't shut up. It is so late. Ika, stop it, stop it, sorry, yeah, I'm going to take my TKO in the second round, next up we got Cub Swanson, he's back, he's back versus uh, Daniel Pineda, Swanson coming off that ACL Terry suffered in the, that grappling match, I don't remember, where, I want to say it was Polaris, I'm probably wrong, I don't think Polaris is even a thing anymore, um, or a quintet, one of those. I think uh, I'm pretty sure it was the one that was UFC versus uh, 
Pride or something like that. I don't remember. But suffered that ACL tear. Can't remember who was grappling against. Some savage. Um, but has not fight since fought since October of uh, 2019 versus Crone Gracie. A fight he absolutely dismantled. Poor Cronin. Looked great. Before that, though, four straight losses. Lost to Shane Burgos, Hinata Morikano, Frankie Edgar, and then Brian Ortega. I mean, four guys that are very, very good fighters. I mean, Edgar, legend, Ortega, shaved head Ortega, terrifying. Wasn't shaved head Ortega then, but terrifying guy. You're kind of looking at do or die here, I think, for Cub Swanson, especially fighting a guy like Pineda. Um, but Pineda, no slouch, man. PFL veteran. Um, those were his last two fights before his last fight. This is his first fight back in, back in, not back in the UFC, in the UFC. Bellator veteran, 27-11 overall record. Lots of fights. Uh, just, just as much of a veteran as Cub Swanson is. Coming off a huge, did you, if you all didn't see this win, huge knockout victory versus Herbert Burns. Looked incredible. But 18 of 27 wins coming by submission. Also, all of his wins come via finish. 18 submissions, 9 knockouts. The fight's going to be crazy. I am going to take, again, you're going to hate me. I hate betting against Cub Swanson, but I think Daniel Pineda is going to be one to watch out for the rest of the year um, through next year as well. I think he is, he's very tough. He's very crafty, very, very balanced mixed martial artist. Can finish you with the hands, can finish you with the feet. No matter what, he's going to finish you. So, yeah, I'll take Daniel Pineda uh, to probably knock out Cub Swanson second round. Third, No, we'll go third round, third round. Cup gets tired. He's gonna get tired. And that'll bring us to if I this is I think this is the only name. Oh, this two, two of the name. The second. Oh my god, one of two names. I am gonna mispronounce, which is pretty good for me. I usually mispronounce all these, all these fucking people. Uh, Mackenzie Dern versus versus Viarna, Rob Rob. Anyway, Viarna two and one in the UFC, sixteen and one overall. Uh, coming off a Armbar finish versus Felice Herrig. Looked great in that fight. I think she surprised a lot of people. I think that was her second fight. And what was it? Third fight in the UFC. Didn't people didn't really know her. I for sure didn't know her. Thirteen of sixteen wins are coming via submission. And the rest are coming via decision. I don't know what her hands are like. I we haven't really seen I think when she I, the only time I had seen her fight is when she fought Felice. And I'm pretty sure she just went in for the takedown right away and got it and just kind of controlled position from there. So I haven't really seen her stand much. And when you're fighting a girl like Mackenzie Dern, who the best thing she's the, the, the best thing she's good at, oh my God, that made no sense. The thing she's known for, that makes a lot more sense. Being jujitsu, some of the best jujitsu in the UFC, not just in the women's strawweight division not just in the not just in women UFC in general but in the entire UFC world championship black belt you're going to have a tough you're going <laughs> you're going to have a bad time in the world's uh, words of what's his name from south park 
4-1 in the UFC. Just beat Randa Marcos via submission. Uh, I want to say it was an arm bar. Had a knee bar. For, I can't remember who she had a knee bar against. That was a crazy one, though. Who was it? Good thing I already have it pulled up. I can just go back and look. Who did she knee bar? Hannah Cyphers, that's who it was. Poor Hannah Cyphers. She's had a rough go. I'm going to look at Hannah Cyphers real quick here. I'm sorry. Four losses in 2020. That poor girl. She's doing her best. Three submissions, one TKO. Poor girl, man. Lots of fights this year. Hopefully she's getting paid well. She's probably not. No one in the UFC is. I'm sorry, Dana. Anyway. But I'm definitely 100% going to take Mackenzie during this fight. Probably going to be submission. I want to say first round. Possibly second round, maybe her submission skin, the Viarna's submission skills get her at least through that first round till Mackenzie eventually goes, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. She's going to be one step ahead every time. So, yeah, definitely Mackenzie Dern by a submission first round, second round. Could be either. I'm not sure. I don't think it makes it to the third, though. And then here is the second name I'm going to for sure mispronounce. Sorel, I think that's his first name. Uh, Gain versus Junior Dos Santos. Gain, 3-0 in the UFC, 6-0 overall record. And here's one of the weird things about this guy. So normally when you get a heavyweight that gets in the UFC at 3-0, it's three knockout wins, right? No knockout wins for this man. But three submission wins. Coming off a decision win versus Tanner Bosser. Um, I believe that was on the Korean Zombie versus Ortega card. I'm not sure when that was. It was about a month and a half ago. But looked really good versus Tanner Bosser. Surprised a lot of people. Bosser was a guy, you know, kind of coming up, making a run, looked good. Light guy, big guy, big light guy, if that makes any sense. But uh, lean, lean is more what I should say. Lean guy, looked, looked really good in his last few fights, and then, this guy came in and just made him, not that made him look bad, but looked very impressive against him. He's only been pro since 2018. Three submission wins. We'll see what he does against Dos, Santo, Dos Santos. Dos Santos, 3-3 three and three in his last, last six, man. It's been a rough go for Dos Santos. It's, I think he's 0-3 in his last three as well. I'm not exactly sure. Let's take a look. Why don't we? Since we already have it pulled up. Yeah, 0-3. Lost to Rosenstroke. Lost to Blades and lost to Ngannou. I mean, those are tough Those are tough outings, but I mean, it's been a rough go for him. It's been pro for 14 years, man. That is a long haul. It's been in the UFC since, like, I don't even know, 2010. Yeah, 2010, I got something right. No, shit, longer than that. 2008, I mean, the guy's been fighting for forever. Um, Something interesting, only one submission win. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. I mean, he's Brazilian. He better be. If you're not, it's a problem. But, yeah, one submission win in 30 fights, 15 knockouts. Obviously, he's a knockout artist, likes to stand and trade. I'm going to take Dos Santos in this fight. Hopefully he is not a victim of another loss, um, like we were just saying with um, what's his name, Cub Swanson. 
if he loses, man, that could be it for Dos Santos in the UFC. Unfortunately, that's the way that's that's the way it could be shaping up. So, hopefully, Dos Santos comes out there and just steamrolls the guy. I mean, a guy who doesn't have a lot of experience versus a guy who is fighting top ten guys, who's fought for the title, who's been the champion. Gonna be very interesting to see. Keep a close eye out on that one. And we got a fight. I think that's gonna surprise a lot of people. Uh, Jacare Souza versus Kevin Holland. This is Souza's first fight back, 185 pounds, 0-2 stint uh, at a light heavyweight. There lost to Hermanson, which is basically just you know a guy that fights at 185 fighting at 205. So not a big deal there. Lost there via decision, and then coming off a loss as well to Jan Blahovich, which obviously no big deal. Is the champ now? Is what it is. You win some, you lose some. If you lose to the champ, it ain't all that bad, right? Um, but has not won two fights in a row since uh, 2016, 2017. In between there, 14 of 26 wins come via submission, and has never been submitted, which makes a lot of sense. The guy is a high, high level jiu-jitsu black belt and I think that's going to be one of the things that Kevin Holland's going to see very very soon Holland has looked great uh, ever since coming to the UFC is 7-2 and two overall in the promotion uh, made his debut in, I mean, he's fought 9 times since 2018 um, if you guys haven't watched the Embedded yet go watch it there's a really interesting story uh, Kevin Holland fought in the Contender Series won the fight looked great but Dana White didn't like him because he talked way too much, talked through the entire fight and talked shit, and he was too cocky, and he didn't win all that impressively. And Dana's like, fuck that guy. I'm not signing him. We'll see what happens down the road. Anyway, Tiago Santos has a fight, drops out. Dana calls everybody. Everyone says no. Calls somebody else. No. Calls another guy. They say no. He said, fuck it. Let's call this the loudmouth and see what he can do. And came in there, didn't... Didn't win the fight, definitely lost, but didn't get finished and was game the entire time. And ever since then, the man has just been on a tear. Like I said, seven and two in his last in his in his nine fights in the UFC. Currently on a four-fight win streak, including a knockout win versus uh, Mr. Knockout and Joaquin Buckley. Something people are forgetting about. The man can crack. Uh, three of his last four wins are also coming via. TKO. The man has been an absolute savage in this fight, and his not in this fight, <laughs> in his last few fights. Uh, I think he's going to be one of the guys making a come up. I I think if Jacare can't get him to the ground, I think Holland's going to piece him up on the feet, and I'm going to take Kevin Holland via decision in this fight. I don't think there's a finish here, but should be a very interesting fight. If I'm Jacare, I take this guy down. I don't let him up because <laughs> it's going to be a problem for you, buddy. That will now bring us to the co-main event and kind of a do-or-die fight for both these guys. I was listening to earlier Hawani in D.C. talk about it, and I, I agreed with him. Do-or-die fight for these guys. Oliveira has fought in the UFC for 10 years now on a seven-fight win streak. That being said, on that seven-fight win streak, right, who's he really fought? Um, he just beat Kevin Lee, which is a good win, but other than that, Clay Guida, Jim Miller, Nick Lentz. I mean, guys on the latter half of their career. 
Jared Gordon, I mean, he's not in the latter half of his career, but, you know, not not really any names. The only name he's beat is Kevin Lee. Maybe that's kind of, I mean, he's looked very impressive in all these wins. All of them have been finishes, every single one. Four four submissions, two knockouts. I'm uh, sorry, five, five submissions and two knockouts. So, I don't, I don't know. This could be his big breakout fight to let everyone know who he is. I'm not sure. Hasn't lost since 2017 to Paul Felder. Holds the most submission wins in UFC history at 14. He's still a young guy. There's plenty of time for him to get more. 31 years old. He's in the prime of his life right now. Prime of his UFC career. This could be a huge, huge come out for people who don't know who Charles Oliveira is. We we don't we don't know yet. That being said, he's got to fight El Kakui. Tony Ferguson. Only two losses in his UFC career. Only only two. That's it. Michael Johnson. Savage. Early on in his career. I think it was his third fight. Lost that fight. And uh, the former interim champ. Justin the Highlight Gaethje. That's it. During his 12-fight win streak, he was on three decision wins, three knockout wins, six submissions. Fucking crazy. Didn't lose a fight for six years. Just like Charles Oliveira. I mean, what does Tony do here if he doesn't win? This is a tough fight. He's either going to prove that that last fight was just a fluke, bad matchup. You know, it was the first fight back after the COVID shutdowns. He cut weight three weeks before that. Was the weight, did that weight cut have something to do with it? It very easily could have. But this is the fight we're going to find out exactly who both these guys are. And I think this is a bigger do or die fight for Tony. Because if you lose this fight, where do you go, man? Who are you going to fight after that? You're going to fight number 15? You're going to fight number 10? Like, who are you going to fight, man? This is a must win for Tony Ferguson. I think best case scenario for both these guys, Tony wins the fight. But Charles looks very, very impressive. I think that's, I think that is a best case scenario. But Charles is, is a tough guy. But I think he is just going to be absolutely worn down by Tony Ferguson. He has not stopped training since the pandemic hit. Even after, even after he fought Justin, he was back training like two weeks, two or three weeks after after he got beat up. Insane. The guy is an absolute savage. I think Tony is going to win via TKO in the third round. He's going to outlast him. He's going to wear him down, and he's going to finish him. Classic, classic Tony Ferguson. All right. That will now bring us to the main event of the evening. Very, very interesting fight here. I am not exactly sure what is going to happen. That's a lie. I know. I think I know what's going to happen. Davidson Figueroa, Brandon Moreno, I'm hoping... Hoping Figueroa makes weight. He hasn't left the UFC Performance Center since he fought in the main event in his last fight. That being said, Moreno, three-fight win streak. Coming off that big TKO win versus Brandon Royval. I know it was like a, not really much of a TKO. You know, he dislocated his shoulder. But he was winning the fight up until that point and looked good. Um, fifth fight back after being cut from the UFC back in 2018. 10 of 18 limbs coming, coming via submission. Has never been finished. And neither has Figueroa. That's what makes this fight so interesting. If you're betting, do you take it? Do you take um, 
It to be a decision. You take it to be a finish. You don't know what you're going to do. Figadeo only has one loss in his career. Juicy A Formiga. Via decision. Never been submitted. Never been knocked out. Nothing. Last four fights. All finishes. Three submissions. One knockout versus Joseph Benavidez. And man, this is a breath of fresh air for that flyweight division. I mean, technically, that did, you know, Henry Cejudo's like, I saved the flyweight division, blah, blah, blah. This guy is the real savior of the flyweight division. Fight that guy, Henry Cejudo. Have fun. The dude hits like a f fucking lightweight at 125 pounds. He's just built so so different. He's His shoulders are so wide. It's something you don't really see from guys in that division. He's just built so weird. And Moreno's super tough. Um, he doesn't hit as hard as Figadeo does. That's the, I, ah, man, he's, it's just a, it's a tough fight to call, but not really at the same time. It's kind of hard to explain. I know that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but like I could see Moreno winning this fight if he just goes out there and pieces up Figadeo, but I just don't see that happening. So I am going to take Davidson Figadeo via knockout. Probably later on in the in in the fight, I think Moreno's going to have a little bit of success in that first round. He's gonna come out and he's gonna, you know, he's very fast with this with his striking. Come out there, kind of look like he's trying to piece him up, you know, move, do a lot of a lot of footwork, a lot of stuff that's not really gonna land, nothing that's gonna hurt him. And then I think Figueroa is just gonna start finding finding room for those big shots in those next three rounds and end up finishing him in the fourth. Should be exciting fight. Really excited to see what's the future, what's in the what's in the future for Davidson Figueroa. I think it's gonna be a it's going to be a win for him. All right, before we go, um, we had some good fights this weekend, guys. UFC Fight Night, Hermanson versus Vittori. Jordan Levitt, I don't know if you saw it. I had just missed it. I would gotten down to the bar. I was like, yeah, I'm going to have a couple drinks and watch the fights. And uh, right when I got there was when I saw your boy Matt Wyman out. Out cold. He was out for a while. One of those knockouts to where you don't really get excited. You just get immediately concerned for how long he had been out for. Um, 22 seconds via slam. And as soon as I, wa I watched the replay, I didn't had I didn't know he had been slammed yet. And as soon as I saw him put that forearm across the neck, I was like, oh no, he's gonna slam him. And sure as shit, he did. <laughs> that was one of the. That was probably the most violent slam KO I had ever seen. Ever except for um, Rampage Jackson slam KO. That one is probably the only worst one, but that one was this one was super violent. 22 seconds into the first round, and the guy kind of talks like a robot. I don't know if you saw his post fight interview, but he's going to be super exciting to watch. Probably someone we're going to want to watch out for. Gabriel Benitez defeats Justin Janus um, via TKO in the first round. Man, he uh. He was he was winning that fight that entire fight in that round, but he just threw a absolute bomb of a knee to his midsection that sat him down. Easy finish from there. The guy couldn't get up. Looked absolutely sensational. But I always love watching Gabriel Benitez fight. He always he always has something fun. He always always has. Good, oh my god, I can't talk. I'm so sorry. But he's always he's always got something exciting going on on the feet there. And then a surprising win. An absolute surprising win. Jamal Hill defeats Ovin St. Prue via second round TKO. Man, 
I was saying to my buddy at the bar, I was like, man, OSP's probably got to get him out, get him out of there pretty early because usually halfway through that second round, he starts to get tired. And when he starts to get tired, man, he starts dropping his hands. His hands get lower. starts to get a little sloppy. But up until up until you get to that point, OSP can put you out. OSP can submit you. But Jamal Hill outlasted the storm and ended up finishing him on the feet. Second round TKO looked great. Obviously going to be someone you want to watch. Beats number 15 in OSP. And I don't know what to do with OSP after this. He's He's got two losses in a row. He's one of those guys that's going to kind of float around probably for a little while. Light heavyweight. Maybe go back up to heavyweight. Try that again. Not exactly sure, but looked great. Congratulations, Jamal Hill. And I told everybody Marvin Vittori defeats Jack Hermanson via unanimous decision. I told you this dude is going to be a problem. He's a savage. The man went to decision Lost a split decision to Israel Adesanya. And ever since then, won every fight after that. The guy is a savage, an Italian savage. I don't know what's next for Vittori. He said he wants Paulo Costa next. Dana says he likes that fight. I don't see that fight happening, unfortunately. Costa will not fight that guy, for sure. He will not accept that fight. Um, so probably what you do, you probably give him the winner of Kevin Holland versus uh, Jacare Sosa this weekend. Either one of those guys for him, I'd love to see him fight. That'd be those are those would be some exciting fights. I don't know what his ranking's gonna be after that. Beat the number four guy. He was ranked 13th before that. So we'll see what happens, man. All right, that is all I have for you guys today. We will be back next week. We will see how many I got wrong this week. How many predictions were incorrect. <laughs> Probably most of them. That's all right, though. I am not the expert. I just like to pretend I am. I like to play one on TV. Anyway, thanks so much for tuning in, guys. I appreciate it. Um, I am on TikTok again. I have probably mentioned that before. Go ahead and give me a follow. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, all that good stuff. So thanks for tuning into the podcast, guys. Have a good night. Bye.